There's a war on for the soul of America, an ideological, political, and spiritual war. Will America abandon her place as a last beacon of hope in an ever-darkening world? Or will she rise again and lead the world into a new era of freedom and prosperity? I am your host, Phil Hotzenpeller, and this is American Faith Battleground. This is Phil Hotzenpeller with Battleground, AmericanFaith.com. Thanks for tuning in. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about Visa, MasterCard, and American Express. You may have seen the notice that they were discontinuing service in Russia. And this was a, a, a way to kind of make a statement that we're for Ukraine against Russia. But if you dig a little deeper, and you don't have to dig very deep, this is a shallow hole, if you ask me, you find out that it's not all as noble as you think it is. In fact, maybe they're just trying to kind of win some points, right? So I, I, I did some research. Here's what I found out. Visa, MasterCard, and America Express all announced they're going to suspend all operations in Russia in protest at its invasion of Ukraine. Now, that sounds to me pretty strong, pretty noble. But now let's go down to the next layer and see what happens here. It says shoppers will still be able to use their cards for purchases within Russia until they reach their expiration date. Now, I don't know about you, but most of my credit cards, their expiration date, some of them is far out as eight years. And Visa, MasterCard, or Express issued abroad will no longer be, will work in shops or ATMs within Russia. So what does that mean? I get my card here. I'm a Russian citizen, but I get my card in New York. It's not going to work within Russia. Chances are I'm not in Russia. I'm in New York with my card. That means my card will still work as long as I'm not within Russia. So it also says it won't work on international payments. Okay, so now we're getting a little bit more beef to this. We're trying to kind of work our way through it, see what's happening here. Earlier, Russia's central bank insisted that all Visa, MasterCard, bank cards issued by Russian banks would continue to operate normally on Russian territory. That is because domestic payments in Russia are made through a national system and don't depend on foreign systems. So are we really doing anything here, or is this just more PR work coming around the corner at us? So kept digging, got a little bit further into this. American Express suspends operations in Russia and Belarus. Why Belarus? Well, because Belarus is such a close partner with Russia. So what they want to do is say, look, we're going to go even further than Russia. We're going to dig into this even deeper. Again, the same thing happens in this. Uh, they're really not halting a relationship. They're kind of suspending it short term. We're going to see what happens here. On Saturday, Visa and MasterCard each, which derive about 4% of their net revenue from business linked to Russia. So 96% of their business is not linked to Russia. Therefore, have they really made a big decision here to stop the flow of what's happening in Russia? Well, I want to go a little bit further. I want to take this to another level we have a credit score system here in America that allows you to buy things and get better credit rates. We all know what our, our credit score is. But what about a social credit system like China's? Do we have that? 
And sometimes when we hear about it, we say, well, what is that? That means that, that China can look at how you react as a citizen, where your finances are, how well you support the government, and all these different factors. They can decide if you're going to be able to buy something, sell something, actually be accepted within community. So in China, a three-digit number between 350 and 950 can determine a person's loan application approved, whether they can travel outside a nation's border, and even whether they're able to land a date for a Friday night date, okay? That numbers are social credit score, and they earn it through a system China began to implement in 2014. Now, immediately, if you're like me, you're thinking, I can't believe China does that. But remember who created that for the Chinese. It was Silicon Valley. Under the social credit system, if a Chinese citizen does something the authorities deem good, for example, paying your bills on time, donating blood on a regular basis, their score might increase. Conversely, if they do something bad, such as criticize the government or walk their dog without a leash, their score might dip. And many of us Americans, we find the the power of China's social credit system astonishing. But a newly published Fast Company story argues that people in the U.S. are already in debt, so to speak, beholden to a similar system. It's just established and forced by private companies instead of the government. So what happens? We look at government, big government, bad. I think we can all agree with that. But what about big tech when they become the government in your life? They become the ones determining what you can buy and what you sell. There's a company called uh, Patron Scan, which maintains a list of objectionable customers that bars and restaurants can use to exclude certain visitors. And that's nothing compared to larger platforms. For example, Airbnb, some of you stayed at that, and they have about 6 million listings now. If they ban you, dramatically impact your ability to find an accommodation. So they can ban anyone they want, and they don't even have to give a reason. Uber does the same thing. WhatsApp does the same thing. And according to Fast Company, the most disturbing aspect of the U.S. social credit system is that these punishments are all levied outside official judicial system. So what does that mean? That means you're considered guilty without facing your accuser. You're guilty without the courts determining your outcome. You're just simply guilty. It's an alternative legal system where the accused have fewer rights than given under the Constitution. What if that went to a new level? Let me just kind of uh, take you on a journey here uh, away from what's happening in Silicon Valley, away from what's happening in China. Let's talk about the Bible for a moment. What would happen if we read something in the Bible that sounded a lot like what we're talking about today? In other words, where you could control what people buy and what they sell. We've seen it in this crazy uh, last two years. We've been in this COVID lockdown where some restaurants are saying you can't eat here unless you wear a mask. You can't eat here unless you're vaccinated. Some go as far. You have to be fully vaccinated. What does that mean? If there's one booster, you have to have one. If there's two, you have to have two, three, three. And they keep going down this road to try to make it more and more controlling of what's going on. Well, the Bible has something to say about that. In fact, it says this. In the book of Revelation, chapter 13 and verse 8, all who dwell on the earth will worship him. Who's him? This is the Antichrist, whose names have not been written in the book of life uh, of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. 
Then if you drop down in your Bible to verse 16 of that same chapter 13, it says he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead that no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name or the number, and his number is 666. Now, if I were talking about this 20 years ago, you would say, oh, that's conspiracy theory. But now this is becoming more and more real. How did John know to write these things 2,000 years ago? John was one of the apostles of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. When he was late in life, he was such a threat to the Roman Empire that they didn't want to kill him and make a martyr out of him. So what they did, they exiled him to the Isle of Patmos. And there at 90 years old, he got revelations from God so current so up to date that he could tell us about what's happening today in our world. He could predict prophetically things that we're going to experience today in our world. So what happens? How do we avoid this mark of the beast? Well, the Bible's pretty clear. The Bible says that if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, that is that you're going to probably fall suit into this deception of the last days and get the mark of the beast. So what's the answer? The answer is, according to the Bible, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, to follow him with all your mind, your will, your soul, and your strength, to let him be your God. And the Bible also says there are going to be many going to go into the tribulation period, and they're going to be those who refuse the mark of the beast, and they will become martyrs in that period of time. But they're standing strong, and it's a good reminder for us today. If you're a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, make sure you truly know the Lord, and then be willing to stand for your faith. You know, we're looking at what's happening around the world, whether it's in Russia, China, Ukraine. Just pick a spot, and there's persecution of Christians going on. In fact, some have argued that some of the greatest persecution of the church is happening today in our day. Not 2,000 years ago under Nero or some other Roman emperor, but today, worldwide. What will you do if your rights are taken away? How will you stand in the middle of a storm? I want you to know that your only solution, the only answer is to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, be faithful to him, trust him with all your soul as your Lord and Savior. God bless you. hope you have a great day today. I want to thank you for listening to American Faith Battleground.